0: I am parched. Ah, much better. Well, happy almost new year. Oh my goodness. Pastor, it's been a long year. Let's finish. It's been a good year. And uh, we started off this year, I'm going to just kind of go back and think of some of the things that have happened this 2019 what are some of the things that have happened, boy? when you think of of uh, of going back to the, the beginning back to to Easter time uh, where we uh, you know last Christmas we had a, a, a wonderful you know as it continues to grow upon itso- itself itself uh, as we grow closer together as a church family, we see the strengths of each peop- of each person being used we saw it uh, uh, last year at the beginning with, uh, with the Christmas service and Christmas Eve and New Year's and, and how it continued to roll into Easter and uh, how, how we, had, we, had the, we had the Last Supper and how, how neat that was, right? And then how it rolled into, you know, it, it always conti- there's always something next, right? Uh, we rolled into uh, back to school or, or, or getting out of school and getting ready for fly. Can you imagine? Fly. Do you remember how long fly, ago, fly was? It was a long time ago. And we got Joe here. Remember Joe? You know, he called me the other, or he called Dylan the other day, and he, was, and he was touting us because he was like, you know, it's 45 degrees here in Minneapolis. It's the same in Minneapolis as it is in Washington. And, of course, Dylan's like, whatever. And, of course, I sat there and said, just wait. It's Minnesota. And what happened today, my dad called this morning super early, and uh, I think he doesn't remember the two-hour time change, but it was early, and he's like, I'm like, hey, Dad, what, what? You know, because his ringtone is Darth Vader. Dun, 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 And so when that goes off, you need to answer. And so I pick up the phone. I'm like, hi, what's up? Oh, hey, we're not having church today because uh, we're snowed in. They can't get anywhere. Not even the plows can get out. I feel like we need to call Joe later on today. But, you know, that Joe was here. And we took a bunch of kids to Colorado. And that was amazing, wasn't it? Young lives were touched. Fun was had. We got to walk up the longest mountain I've ever been up my whole life. Then we get back and what happens then, Denise? Oh, she's not here right now. She's out. VBS hit. Remember VBS? Holy moly. There was people everywhere. There was kids everywhere. There was stuff to do. And and, and it was on and on and on. As it rolls through, look at what we've been doing as far as just pick something. Pick a month. Something has been going on. Bible conference here in, in the fall. Focused on, guess what? The book of Acts. We've been studying the book of Acts now for four months. And we're going to continue for a few more. But let's talk about what God's been doing in our hearts and minds through the book of Acts. Has He been opening your your eyes and your mind to things? Has He been opening your heart and softening your heart a little? Has He been maybe having to push some buttons that are kind of hard to have pushed. Because we saw in the very beginning, Jesus preparing and finishing his preparation with his apostles and said, get ready to get going. Then they all watched him go. Remember, right? We're still on the same page. Everybody got it so far? They watched him go and they stood there and the angels came up and said, why are you watching? He's going to come the same way he left. But he said, "What what did he tell you to do? Told you to go to the room and wait until he sends his helper. Then he fills him with the Holy Spirit. Remember? The break apart thing, the r- little red light that we had. And he continued to work in their hearts and work in their hearts and work in their hearts. And it was going and continued to go on. And we're going to continue going through the book of Acts because of the fact it teaches us. Some things, and and today we're going to take a look. Being that it is, you know, and like I said, the first thing got in my head when I started reading through this. You know, it shows that Stephen is 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 uh, you know he's brand new to the group, and he's been brought in to help feed the widows. Right? He's he's a, he's a manager. He's been out doing his thing and getting ready. They picked these seven guys to to help out. Is it kind of like a a church today? We need these people to do this, and these people to do this, and we need, right? We all come together to do work together, to bring glory and honor to God's name. But we see here one of the things that is talked about him, and I think it's really neat, is we continue to watch what he sees. And so I'm sitting here going, last Sunday of 2019, and we're going into 2020. And what kept hitting me in the head is 2020 vision. 2020 vision. What's the 2020 vision? I don't have 2020 vision. I have these little plastic things inside my head. And I have to wear one of those little other things that go on here once in a while, which my kids make fun of me all the time. Grandpa. Not a grandpa yet. Yet. Dylan. Nor do I need to be anytime soon. But we see a 2020 vision because Stephen was focused not on, and hopefully you all got a little rock when he came in, not to throw it at me. He wasn't focused on a rock. He was focused on the rock. Jesus. Jesus. His eyes looked to Jesus. His face looked to Jesus. His entire being looked to Jesus as he was serving. So let's take a look a little bit here. uh, And I want you to, in the back of your head, I want you just to kind of think about these things. Uh, What is, what are you expecting in two thousand twenty? what are we listening and looking for Jesus to do is there anything where's your vision for 2020 here we see Stephen if we're going to go back to uh, chapter 6 verse 5 where it says they uh, uh, they they're, they're going through and telling all the all the names of those that were brought in and the and the one that was uh, Expanded on a little bit more, and they chose Stephen, that was the first name that they mentioned, a man full of faith and of Holy Spirit. Here we see that Stephen, if we go further into verse 8, we see that Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. This Spirit-filled man did not limit his ministry to serving tables he also won the lost and did miracles. Up to this point, only the apostles were performing miracles, but in Acts chapter, because we see this in Acts chapter 2 43 and also 5 verse 12, but now God has given the same ability, the same power to Stephen. This was his part, his uh, God's plan to use Stephen to bear witness to the leaders of Israel. Stephen's Powerful testimony would be the climax of the church's witness to the Jews. This man, this man that we really don't see anything about until right now. Kind of a nobody. But you know what? Everything in the Word of God is there for a reason. And when they introduce Stephen, and say, this man is full of the Holy Spirit and is being used by God? Exactly. It's there for a reason. It's there to get your attention to say, look at God using again somebody that is unknown. Has he ever done that before? Should we go back to the very beginning? Okay? Moses? Moses? Can't use me. Did? How about David? Wow. He called him a man after his own heart, right? How about hmm, Jonah? Jonah, I'm not going there, Lord. I'm gonna go that way. Are you sure? Yep. Guess who we're gonna see in just a little, in a few weeks? His name is Saul, who becomes Paul. The worst of the worst. Anybody seen? Well, I don't know if I should go there. Star Wars? Anyone? Okay. Do you want me to tell you a little part? It it won't ruin the movie, but the bad guy turns good at the end. (gasps) I kind of sit there and I'm watching. I'm going, huh, that's kind of a Paul thing. Hmm, how could I use that in a sermon? So go see the movie. Now you'll have to be like, when does he turn? When does he turn? But God uses people who are normal, who are everyday people. Why? To bring glory and honor to his name. And so here we see Stephen who is picked by the congregation and is at work. Stephen was a man of God. We're going we, we're, we're to go some of, through some of the semantics that we've used before. Righteous, he was righteous, he was sanctified, he was called, and he was being used by God. Righteous means what again? Being found right with God. Okay, how about sanctified? Set apart for God's work, okay? How about justified? Found not guilty. Stephen. Stephen. Righteous, justified, sanctified, used by God. Full of the Holy Spirit and being led. It's the greatest feeling in the world when God leads you. When God says, I need you to be on my team because I'm going to use you in a special way even though you don't think you can. How right now are we being used by God? Are we called? Are we sanctified? Are we righteous? Are are our hearts and eyes on Jesus and Jesus alone? Because he picked this man, Stephen, who was meek. Hmm. Who else is called meek in the Bible? Starts with a J. There we go, Jesus. He was one of those, Jesus was one of those that you wouldn't even think about. He was born in a manger. In a barn. To two people, they weren't even married yet. Which is a huge no-no. We see here a very, uh, a typology here is, is so very similar between, between Jesus and Stephen that, that it, is, it, is, it is neat to see how God used Stephen in a way that pointed everything back again to Jesus. They were both very similar. Kind of unknown. Very meek. Very mild. Guess what happened then? Here it is, chapter 6, verses 9 through 14 says, But some men from what is called the synagogue of the freemen, included both Cyrenius and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and argued with Stephen, but they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit in which he was speaking." Then they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came to him and dragged him away and brought him before the council. They put forward false witnesses and said, this man incessantly speaks against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say, That this Jesus, the Nazarene, will destroy this place and alter the customs which Moses handed down from us. There was a little bit of malice towards Stephen. There were some people who were very angry. Who they were? They were were a group of Jewish servants who had fled, who who had been freed by the Romans and had formed their own synagogue in Jerusalem. Why? Why? because they hated Stephen because they were unable to stand against his spirit anointed wisdom what were the charges Jesus will destroy the temple of God and Jesus will destroy the law hmm. Then guess what? They, they, they actually, these men lied about Stephen, causing him to be arrested and brought before the Jewish high council. The Sadducees again were here with them again. The dominant party in the council, accepting the study only the law, uh, 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 accepting only the study of the law written by Moses, which is the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They lied. Does this sound familiar, Anyone? Because it happened just a little bit earlier to Jesus, and then after Jesus, what happened again? It happened again to the apostles. Well, now and and the apostles, you you, you saw what that happened with them, with Peter and John, right? And now we see it with Stephen. But this one is a little different because it ends different. There was malice to the point they couldn't stand what what was coming out of his mouth. They couldn't stand to the point that they were going to do anything and everything ready to get rid of him. Stephen was brought before the council of religious leaders. The accusations against him was the exact same that they had from Jesus. Matthew 26, verses 59 through 61. See, I should have brought those readers. Now, the chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus. I'm not making it up, it's right here. So that they might put Him to death. They did not find any even though many false witnesses came forward but later on two but, but later on two came forward and said this man stated i am able to destroy the temple of god and rebuild it in 3 days similarities this group falsely accused peter or stephen of wanting to change Moses' customs because they knew that the Sadducees who controlled the council believed only in Moses' law. Law, gospel. What we must do, what God has done and continues to do. Right? Jesus came. The light of the world came to seek and to save that which is lost. Gospel. Nothing we have to do. Doesn't say you have to do these 55,000 things. As you read in Leviticus, there is a ton of law in there. And even as we walk through the New, the New Testament, we can find law. You're going to hear from the rest of the, the rest of the year. You're going to hear about law and gospel. You're going to hear the things that we must do, that God has told us to do. And then we're going to see how God says, "I know you can't do these things, and so I'm going to love you because I can." because I want to, because you're special to me. He wants your eyes on him, and watch him do the work. We can do so much, can't, can't we? We can be so busy as a church. We can be so busy just trying to reach out and touch and touch and touch and make people feel happy and take care of anything that's going on with them. But the main thing is the main thing. And that main thing is that Jesus Christ is brought to everyone doing what it takes to reach and disciple people of Jesus. Bring them to Jesus and let him finish it. To bring the good news of the gospel. Stephen was brand new to this group. Kind of a nobody. A manager. Behind the scenes. And man... God used him in a marvelous way. God used him in a marvelous way. And you can see how incredibly angry those people were to him because they could not wait to take him out. To take him out. The council, has, but, they, but they saw something. Just like we saw it with, with Peter and John, we see now with Stephen, he was different. Verse 15 says... And fixed, their, and fixed their gaze upon him who were sitting in the council saw his face like the face of an angel. He was different. They looked at him. He was enlightened. His face lit up. He was full of righteousness, full of sanctification, full of justification. He was called by God and being used by God. And it angered him. It got him so messed up. They didn't know how they're going to do this, but they had to do something. We killed one. We can do it again. Right? Kind of what they thought. So, we're going to jump all the way back now, all the way over to chapter 7, verses 54 through 60. Acts chapter 7, 54 to 60. Which we see now that the Christ is glorified, even in a hard situation. Luke seven fifty four says this. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the quick. This is after after Stephen preached to them, after Stephen gave them the exact same thing that Peter and John just did. They've had it now the third time. Here it is. Boom. In your face. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the quick, and they began to gnash their teeth at him. They, being being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they carried out with a quiet, with a loud voice, and covered their ears, and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him, with the, witness laid, with, with the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of the young man named Saul. You can't tell me the Bible's not fun to read. This is, this is amazing stuff, better than any novel. I mean, this is God at work. Can you imagine? P- picture this. Picture in your mind. This is like a movie, man. This is like a movie. There, he preaches to them. He, he, he tells them off. He, he says, this is what God told me to tell you. I have to tell you because I'm, bub- I'm bubbling up. I'm burning over. I have to tell you all. Same thing that just happened that Jesus did. Same thing that Peter and John did. Same thing that is happening all over the territory And now Stephen, who is nobody, is going cuckoo pebbles on him. I mean, he's like, this is what's going on, because Jesus is the one. And you have to be saved. To the point where they covered their ears, and they rushed him. You've seen movies. You know what I'm talking about. They came at him like crazy. They, grabbed, they, they took him out, took him out be, through the town, out to the outskirts of the town, picked up rocks, and beat him to death. And the one that was standing there watching, the one that was in control on earth, was Saul, and they laid it at his feet. What does it tell you about Saul? He was kind of a big deal. He was a big deal. He was big dog. And they took out this little guy, and they killed him. The ones that were playing the active role were some of the members of the Sanhedrin and the mob. Stephen was dragged out of the city and stoned. The one playing an inactive role was Saul of Tarsus. He watched the coats as Stephen was killed. But we see that Stephen kept his eyes on Jesus. Stephen kept his eyes on the glory of God. Jesus, he kept his eyes on the Messiah standing right next to God the Father. Stephen's words are very similar to the words spoken before the high council. Stephen's vision supported Jesus' claim and angered the Jewish leaders who had condemned Jesus to death for blasphemy. Verses 59 and 60 says this. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. What do we keep coming back, coming back to? What do we keep coming back to? They went and prayed. Right before death, he prayed. Father God, forgive them. His vision that he had was a vision of the example that he was following of Jesus Christ. The vision that brings us to a point where we take our eyes off our self and put it on him. Take our eyes off of our problems, our issues, our heartaches. But we'll go one step further: our wins, our accomplishments our successes, okay? They do about the same thing. One knocks us down. The other one puffs us up and puts our eyes on something besides Jesus. So what's the take home to this? What's the take home? Pastor, show us how God's showing his grace, mercy, and love on this one. Where do we see grace? Where do we see mercy? Where do we see love? We see grace in Stephen. He was gracious to be able to stand up. We see mercy through God as he stood there and says, I got you. Even though you're going through a hard time, I got you. Keep your eyes on me, and I'll see you through. That's mercy. Both of those, we see love. But we also see love from Stephen when he says, forgive them. Right? There's your grace, your mercy, and your love. God shows us his grace, mercy, and love every single day through his word, through the sacraments of the altar, through the sacraments of baptism. He loves us that much And when you start to glow, when you have that aura about you, know what I mean? When you're just like, wow, something's different about that cat. Because guess who watched this? Saul. He watched the whole thing. He had front row seats to this. It was a seed planted it was ground tilled god was about to start watering because very shortly a couple weeks we're going to see Saul make a big change how is god using you today how is god using you as we see he's he's used Peter and John, and he's used all the apostles. He's used Stephen's death here to be in a very profound impact on Saul. Even those who are opposed from you can later turn to Jesus Christ. When Luke introduced Paul, everything. Uh, Paul was going to every, everywhere persecuting Jesus' followers. This is the greatest contrast to Paul about whom Luke wrote about in the book of Acts. Paul was uniquely qualified to talk to the Jews about Jesus because he had once persecuted those. He's about to use this man through the death of another to bring glory and honor to his name. Stephen had 2020 vision. I'm asking you. No, I'm not asking you. I'm begging you. Pick this thing up. Make a point this year to pick it up and let it fill your heart and your mind. To be able to see 2020, not to focus on the things of this world but to focus on the maker of this world, Jesus Christ. Focus on the rock, not a rock. Amen? Father God, I love you. I thank you and I praise you. I'm asking for you, Lord, to uh, continue to teach us your ways, continue to be in our hearts and minds as we go through the rest of of what's left of this year, but that you would then use us in a very special way to bring glory and honor to your name in whatever way way you want. Lord, I love you. I will always serve you. But I thank you for being my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.